our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. The Thrivehood Podcast is a useful resource for boys and young men who want to thrive as they mature into manhood. I'll be your host, Tim Williams, and welcome to the Thrivehood Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back in. Hey, not too long ago, I had an opportunity to catch up with a fellow by the name of Bill Sadler. Bill is the CO, commanding officer, of a great program, great organization called Sea Cadets. My son was in it for a while and got me thinking about what Sea Cadets is all about and what I'm doing with Thrivehood. And I thought, my gosh, you talk about having a a great opportunity to blend what both of us are trying to do, I think this was perfect. And I don't want to give too much away because, as you'll see, what this program is all about and how much it might be something that would be worthwhile for some of you guys out there to consider. Had an opportunity to sit down a few weeks back and have a Zoom chat with Bill, and here we go. Bill, thanks for joining us, and thanks for taking the time to do this interview with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, so obviously, the first and the easiest question is, what is Sea Cadets? Tell us a little bit about it. Sure. The U.S. Naval Sea Cadets is a youth leadership development program sponsored by the U.S. Navy. We endeavor to take uh, young people, boys and girls, uh, from ages 10 to 18, and we teach them the basics of nautical skills, naval skills, pretty much anything you would see a U.S. Navy sailor being taught. Uh, age appropriate, of course, and we've been doing it since uh, 1962 when we were incorporated um, by an act of Congress, and we're based on the older programs. Um, Most of the naval uh, seafaring nations of the world have a sea cadet program, and ours is based on the British program, which is more than 300 years old. So this is part of the Navy then, is that that right? We get our budget, uh, a significant portion of our budget from the Navy. So we are a line item on the U.S. Navy's budget. Uh, We get a grant from them every year to support this. And this is uh, uh, in contrast to a lot of the other programs out there. So, for instance, you might have heard of Young Marines or Civil Air Patrol. They they get um, uh, assistance from their parent services, but they're not actually funded by them. Uh, That's just one of our funding sources. A lot of our other funding sources are individual um, donations, um, some fees that we charge for for some things like that. But um, even then, our program costs our cadets way less than most of the other programs do. We we provide uniforms. uh, For instance, our our two-week summer training coming up here is $150. And that's two weeks of room and board and all the training that we're going to be doing. So so gr- great segue. That's one of the questions I was going to ask is, does this cost anything for anybody to join? Do they have to provide their own fatigues? Uh, but it sounds like you guys got a good part of that covered already. Is that correct? Good part of it. Not all of it. There's an initial uh, sign-up fee, uh, which is paid to national headquarters for the administration of the program and things like that. 
stuff that they have to do that I would think of as overhead type charges. So there's a small fee for that. That's a, a, an annual renewal fee. And we're actually looking at cutting out our unit costs portion of that, which will cut it just about in half from what it is now. So it's about $190 a year now. It looks like we're going to be able to take that down to about $90 a year. Oh, wow. So that, that's good to, good to hear. Easy for someone to be able to get involved and be a part of this if they want to. Now, obviously, there is, it's not just a Nashville uh, organization, right? This is, these, there are divisions all across the United States? All across the U.S. We have over 30,000 cadets, um, I believe 300 some odd units, the last counting. I may be off on those numbers. I, I, I don't remember the numbers. Very well. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We, we've had units uh, from coast to coast, um, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and uh, we do exchange programs with international units as well. So uh, like I said, most seafaring nations have a sea cadet program. And with most of those programs, we do have uh, international exchange programs. Oh, that's great. Okay. So let's keep going here. So what exactly do you do? What is it if, a, if someone wants to join this and they are trying to figure out, well, is this something for me? What, what would I actually be doing? Uh, how often do I have to be involved? What are some of the semantics there? So it depends on where in the nation your unit is and what your specific unit is as to how they drill. We follow a program that's similar to the uh, uh, military reserves. We drill one weekend a month and uh, require the uh, cadets to take an advanced training, which is two weeks out of the year, which is what we're going to be providing here shortly uh, uh, for a number of cadets. What we actually do on a day-to-day -day basis is mostly educational, which um, if you take a look at the life of a soldier or a sailor and you take out the actual war fighting, what they do most of the time is education, leadership education and things like that. And that is the part of the program that we have. So our cadets, they don't incur a military obligation, but they will get a feel for what military life is like. Uh, in order to take an advanced tra training, you have to take the recruit training. The, think of that as basic training. We've all seen the movies, how that goes. And, and we try to make that experience similar. Uh, so they'll, they'll get a feel for what that is. Uh, we've actually had cadets come back into the program after they've gone into the military and said, you know, after we took the sea cadet programs, basic was a was a breeze we knew what to expect and it wasn't a shock that's that's one of the things that shakes a lot of people out of the military in basic is they they will take a uh, they've never been in an environment like that where people are literally you know in your face ordering you to do stuff it, it just doesn't happen on a on a day-to-day -day basis and to be and to come from a civilian world straight into the military it's a cause of some of the failures that we see uh in the uh, basic trainings and recruit training so yeah i bet just by having that familiarity, it'll help them get through it. Um, we do physical training uh, and we are not like the Boy Scouts and a lot of other programs. If you can't hack the physical side of it, if you don't maintain your uh, uh, academics, if you don't continue to advance, um, you are not continuing in the program. We, we will actually put cadets out for that because the military is not for everybody. I mean, it, it simply is not. And neither is the sea cadets for that very, very reason is, is uh, we put military style discipline on our units when we meet. Um, it's yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir. And uh, um, th that that is the taste of, of military life. Now, the other side of that is the educational stuff. Our cadets advance in rank from E1, which in the Navy would be seaman recruit in the Army Marine Corps private, private recruit, I guess they call it. And all the way up through E7, which in the Navy is Chief Petty Officer, Marine Corps Gunnery Sergeant, Army Sergeant First Class. 
And for, for our cadets to advance in rank from E1 to E2 to E3 and so on, they have to take the exact same correspondence courses that sailors have to do in order to make the same test. They have to take the same tests as provided by the DOD and the Department of the Navy uh, to advance to that rank. So when they go into the Navy, they are well suited for advancement in rank. As a matter of fact, that's one of our program distinctives is that if you um, are in the program until you reach the rank of petty officer, which is E4 or higher, uh, you wind up with a benefit if you go in as an enlisted man, uh, being able to, depending upon your rank and, and accomplishments, going in to start in the actual military as an E3, which is you know, 18 months of advancement that you get um, just for having been a sea cadet when you were, when you were younger. And we have numerous cadets right now in the service academies, U.S. Naval Academy, uh, West Point. Uh, in the past, we've had people go to the Coast Guard Academy and things like that. Uh, the other day-to-day -day activities involves training. And we train in any naval subject. And when you think about it, the Navy does pretty much everything from cooks, we have culinary training, to ground combat, they have expeditionary forces, to uh, aviation, we actually have programs that can get our cadets through to their uh, ground school and even soloing in an aircraft. Um, boat handling, which is what most people would associate with the Navy. But when you think about it, the skills required to operate a naval vessel, uh, it's, it's essentially a huge manufacturing plant that's floating on the water. Wow. So you've got... Yeah. Think about it. You've got boilers. You've got uh, people doing laundry. You've got people handling the weapon system. You've got radars, radio, um, everything that you would have with operating a large industrial plant, but it's floating on the water. So you have all the naval things as well. And you add the weapon systems in it, which actually makes it cooler than working in a factory. But a lot of the ratings and things like that. So we, we train in all of those subjects for the past, I guess, nine drills or so we have been concentrating on ground combat. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but in the early days of the Navy, most of the uh, Navy away teams, ground combat forces, were not Marines, they were Naval sailors. They were cooks, they were machinists who had as a secondary training uh, uh, ground combat. That tapered off some in the 1930s, 1940s when we had more Marines. And during the Vietnam era, it tapered down to almost zero. But in 2005, the then chief of naval operations said that, you know, we're losing a lot of Marines to different missions. We're going to have to start training people to fight on the ground again off of our ships. And so they actually established the Expeditionary Forces Command in Norfolk, where they're, they're essentially starting the, the training of sailors again to do ground combat. And as we look forward into the, into the future, and we're seeing the, the DOD and and uh, our other armed forces preparing to go for uh, near peer conflict again, as opposed to the global war on terror. What happens then is that uh, you're looking at Marines doing island hopping operations instead of manning ships and ship details. And so the, the peer security and things like that are going to fall back onto the sailors. So we've been doing a ground combat evolution. We're getting ready to do a whole series of medical training evolutions where uh, we'll get all of our guys CPR certified, uh, we'll do AED certifications, uh, combat casualty evacuations, uh, that kind of thing. We, of course, do the regular uh, nautical skills, uh, knot tying, um, you know, anything involved with handling a boat. And we've just uh, contacted the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary here in Nashville. Uh, they have three vessels on which they are willing to host our cadets and do uh, naval topics as well 
actually on board the boats on the Coast Guard auxiliary ship. This is fantastic. So this sounds great. Keep going. Anything else? This is this is great. Good stuff. Oh, let's see. Uh, training wise, um, the the advanced trainings, uh, the two weeks out of the year, uh, we have training evolutions all over the country, and as a matter of fact, like like I said, all over the world during that period. And these include things like uh, Navy Special Warfare Operators that, that's taught by former SEALs. Uh, we have uh, the aviation programs that get you through the FAA ground school. So if you've got an interest in Naval or Marine Corps aviation, that's a, that's a, a good training for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Culinary. Uh, there are band trainings, master at arms, police trainings, all, all, all across the country for extended periods of time. My goodness. I mean... Hey guys, if you have any interest in getting involved in the military, what a better way to start off on the right foot and get yourself into a program like this. This is phenomenal. Well, like I said in the beginning too, Bill, my son was a part of it too. And he, his aspirations sort of went a different direction and he's uh, since then moved on, but he learned a lot, had a lot of experiences in that. And that's the thing that I like about the program is even though it's definitely geared towards the military, uh, and if you have aspirations in that area, there's just so much that you can learn and knowledge and understanding that you can take away from this that's also can be helpful just in daily life. So tell me a little bit about maybe, a I don't know, maybe there's a success story or two, maybe if you can think about maybe a cadet that I don't know maybe he came in was so and maybe if you don't have any stories like that that's fine but maybe you know someone that's was a little lost needed some direction maybe this program helped or maybe one of those cadets that have gone on to bigger and better things maybe this program has really launched them into even maybe a career in the military do you have any any quick stories that relates to that Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the program is chock full of success stories like that. It's really hard to, uh, I mean, I've only been a, a member of the program for less than three years and CEO of the unit um, coming up on two. And um, in that time, I have seen uh, three of my senior cadets move on to service academies, two of them at uh, Annapolis, uh, one at West Point. I've got two getting ready to go to West Point. I have uh, the last chief of my unit who just recently left uh, when they graduated, got a Naval Special Warfare Operators contract uh, up front. There are not very many people who get SEAL operator contracts from day one. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we did that for him. We helped. Uh, You can't, there's nothing I can do to make you ready for the SEALs. If you're not willing to go that part, he had, yeah. he had a huge part in it, but, but the, the simple fact that he attributes some of his success to the fact that he was in this program. So he was able to take leadership positions in his recruit companies to start with, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he already knew the right face, left face. He knew how to do, you know, the sailor's creed, the anchor, all of these things that they teach in basic. He knew that already. So he was able to take a leadership role uh, and he's just 17. Some of these guys are 21, 22. And he was leading those um, uh, recruitment companies because he had the material. Oh, that's great. And I've got one cadet right now. When she came in, um, tad overweight, could not do a push-up, could do one sit-up, got a taste for the program. Three drills later, she still can't pass the PT test. She can do the complete run now. 
she couldn't do the complete run before. 16 or 17 push-ups, 20 some odd sit-ups. She's lost so much weight, she's had to go to a different uniform. <laughs> Usually our kids are getting bigger and taller and we have to get new uniforms. <laughs> she, she lacked, and, and, and she wouldn't mind me saying this because we're actually getting ready to hold her up in front of the unit as, as an example. She lacked a, a certain amount of guidance from, from her home environment. Let's just put it that way. Sure, sure. And and had issues. And she got there. And I don't think she actually wanted to be there when she got there. But when she saw what it was about, she dug in. And now she's like, you know, this is what I want to do. I am going to go into the Navy. I am going to do this. And I'm going to get out of this unfriendly situation I'm at at home. Mm -hmm. And I am going to push it to the point where I make something out of myself. That'll bring tears to your eyes. This is what's so great about this, guys. If you're listening to this and have any interest at all in improving yourself, is this is what this this is why I have Bill on here today is because this is what it's all about. It's making us stronger, moving us to the next rung of life. And this program is, I, I think, not for everybody, but as Bill said, I think for this woman here that he was talking about, this girl he was talking about, she was sort of lost. What a great opportunity if, if you're not sure, you know, maybe Sea Cadets is something to at least consider and think about as well. So, Bill, as we sort of wrap this up, uh, one of the other questions that I had was the and you may have you may have touched on this already, but I want to just sort of circle back around. Can you just tell me briefly some benefits? What what in your mind for young men, young boys, you know, 11, 10, 11, 12, up to 18 years old, if, if they get involved in this program, what is it they're going to gain from this? That's a, that's an interesting question. Cause a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, the benefits are the, uh, um, the advancement in the military, the, the recommendations for the uh, service academies. And I'm going to come back. I'm going to drop back one and say, no, those aren't the greatest benefits because all of our guys, probably half of them or more aren't going to go into the military. But the benefits are enormous in learning leadership and understanding and learning what a mission focus is as opposed to a focus on tools and techniques and learning, for lack of a better word, interacting with people. Because it doesn't matter if you're a CEO of a company, you're going to wind up with customers that are your boss. If you're a mid-level manager, if you're a worker bee, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to have a boss. And you're going to have people that you lead, for lack of a better word. And the leadership training, understanding what leadership is and why leadership is, that why is, is critically important. A lot of people, they'll focus on leadership techniques. You got to be a servant leader. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah, understood. Those are effective leadership techniques. Why are you leading? They don't answer the why question. And to understand that if you have the correct mission focus, doesn't matter what your mission is. If you're a SEAL and the mission is to take, take an objective, that's one thing. If you're an aircraft carrier commander, if you're a mid-level manager at the state of Tennessee, what is your mission? When you understand what that mission is and you understand that the mission focus is primary, everything else falls into place. And you wind up hearing people say things like, well, if you're focused on the mission, you're going to let your people go the way, by the wayside. Not if you're correctly focused. If I've got a mission I can't do by myself, and I let my people go by the wayside, I fail my mission. I have to be correct with my people. If I've got a crappy leadership style, I'm going to fail my mission because I can't lead my people to that, that destination. 
all of these things focus from understanding what that mission focus is. You can call it a life focus, wh whatever it is, but you have a mission. If it's as, as simple a mission as getting out of this uncomfortable situation, as becoming a SEAL, as becoming a CEO, once you've got that mission focus, once you know what it is, how you lead people, how you do things, all of that is going to feed into it. And whether or not they go into the military, these guys that are coming into this unit, when they first come in, they're being led, sometimes well, sometimes poorly. And you learn from both of them. Probably you learn from the poor ones more than you learn from the good ones. And as you move into leadership positions and they, they start leading these guys, they're going to do it sometimes well and sometimes poorly. And um, one of the things that I do with my adults is I'm, I'm like, look, you've got to let these petty officers screw up. They have to make the mistakes so they can see the results of their mistakes and then learn how to fix them. We can't fix it for them. This is an opportunity for you to actually get real world, real life experience in the dynamics of leading and following people in an environment where if you screw up, you're not going to mess up someone's career or your own. It's, some, it's, it's like a live sandbox where you can practice and, and do things that you just, you, you don't get that hardly anywhere else that I've, I've been able to see. Yeah, Bill, I, I couldn't have said it any better. I, I think that falls right in line with the Thrifehood podcast, the mission that I try to bring. I think this was fantastic. You did a great job. I thank you for all the information. If we have someone listening that wants to get more information, Bill, how can they do that? The easiest way to go to our website and click on the I'm interested in joining link, uh, it's nashvillecadets.org, all in one word. Well, Bill, I appreciate you joining us, and this was really good. Again, guys, if you're interested, if you have any interest in a military future, if you have an interest, I love what Bill said, if, if you have an interest in maybe changing the dynamics of your current situation, maybe this is something that you could get involved in. If you're, you know, and I know we have people that listen, guys that have, that listen, that have some challenges at home and there could be some dysfunction situations there. This could be a way to get out of that and sort of get a, a strong footing and a good firm foundation as you go through the rest of your life. And you may not, as Bill said, you may not even want to make military your future, but wow, this, this could be a great foundation, a, a good cornerstone for you as you move in through the rest of the years of your life. So Bill, I want to thank you for joining us today and we appreciate you being here. It was my pleasure. Anytime, uh, anytime you want me back, let me, let me know. If you wind up with any questions that uh, you need to have answered by anybody who's listening, forward them. I'll, I'll get them answers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.